When most of us, when we think of, of pirates, we probably think of somebody with a, a, a guy with a beard, an eye patch. Think of Captain Hook or uh, Captain Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean, something like that. Pirates might make for good fiction, uh, but the truth is they've actually been a problem ever since mankind began sailing the seas. You take, for instance, the Barbary pirates. These were a group of pirates that, that operated out of Muslim North Africa from the 1200s until the early 1800s. And like any pirates, they would attack uh, ships, merchant ships, steal whatever goods were on board, uh, whatever cargo they had. But this group of pirates would also raid coastal towns throughout Europe. And they would kidnap Christians and bring them back to Muslim North Africa and demand exorbitant ransoms be paid. Now, though, if they captured a rich individual, uh, the ransom would be paid. And the pirates were good to their word and allowed the person to go home. But for the many individuals kidnapped who did, were not people of great means, it was a ransom their family could not pay and they would then be sold into slavery. When the Barbary pirates began doing this, a man who today we know as St. Peter in Alaska, he founded a religious order called the Mercedarians to respond to this uh, action of the Barbary pirates. And the Mercedarians, their mission was to redeem Christian captives and slaves in uh, Muslim North Africa. What they would do is they would raise money throughout Christian Europe, and when they had enough, they would go to North Africa and they would buy back uh, the poorest of, of Christians who were enslaved. The Mercedarian mission, the reason I mention all this, is it serves as something of an analogy for why we celebrate the season of Advent. Advent makes absolutely no sense if we aren't convinced that we need a savior, if we aren't convinced that without Christ, we are spiritually in the same situation as those poor souls who were kidnapped and imprisoned and enslaved. We are spiritually imprisoned and enslaved by sin without Christ. If that sounds a little too dramatic, like it's a bit much, think of the words of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The first line, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. We are captive to sin and in need of a savior. Why? Well, in our first reading from the prophet Isaiah, he says to the Lord, Behold, you are angry and we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people. And he goes on to continue to describe the effects of sin. We are enslaved to sin. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, fell, it had disastrous consequences for all humanity. We lost that grace which makes us the friends of God. And as a result, we are all fallen creatures in a fallen world. We live in a world where sin and suffering and death is the norm. You know, sin is the problem of human history. It's the reason why the news always seems to be bad news. You know, sin is the problem of human history, and what makes it worse, it's not something we can take away of by our own. We're not going to come up with a pill 
or some technology that solves the problem of sin. We're not going to invent some political system which takes away the sins of the world. We need a savior. And so in Advent, we pray, as we heard in our first reading, when Isaiah cried out, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you. We pray in Advent for the arrival of our Savior. You know, Advent really has two focuses. It's, it's focused on the two arrivals of Christ. The first arrival in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, and the second arrival at the end of the age when he will come again to judge the living and the dead. At the first arrival, when he had reached 30, he began a public ministry, and he ultimately redeemed us by his cross and resurrection. At his second coming, he will usher in the fullness of his kingdom, and he will eliminate the problem of human history. Sin and death and suffering will be no more in the kingdom of heaven when it's fully realized. Every tear will be wiped away, and God will dwell with his people. Advent is about preparing ourselves for these two arrivals, that commemoration of the first arrival at Christmas and preparing our hearts and souls so that we might be found worthy to enter his kingdom on the last day. So we need to, and really the first step of, of preparing ourselves for these two arrivals is to simply internalize that we need a savior. You know, one great obstacle in our day and age to internalizing our need for a savior, it has to do with what the, the modern world thinks about heaven and hell. Often heaven can be spoken of as something of a participation prize that if we're a vaguely good and nice person, heaven awaits. Or the opposite can be affirmed, that, that hell is something that's only possible for the most wicked of individuals like a Hitler or a Stalin. You know, brothers and sisters, I wouldn't be doing my job if I mouthed, the, parroted these modern ideas. I think what we really need to do is shift our understanding of heaven and hell, well, how we think about them. You know, St. Paul, he likened the Christian life to an athlete's uh, engaging in a contest. You know, he said, run the race so as to win. And he said, athletes deny themselves all kinds of things to obtain a perishable crown. Uh, uh, in Paul's day, they might receive a, a laurel wreath to go around their head. Or in our own day, you know, a trophy or a gold medal or you know, a Super Bowl ring or whatever. Whatever the perishable prize is, the day will come when it's no more. But we Christians, we run the race to win an imperishable crown, the imperishable crown of heaven. Now with that in mind, let's say I wrote the president and I said, you need to give me the presidential medal of, of freedom. I think that's the highest award given to a civilian in our nation. And let's say somebody from the White House calls me back and says, okay, why do you deserve this medal? And I said, well, look, I'm, I'm basically, I'm a good guy. I, I uh, you know, I pay my taxes. I uh, haven't done anything really bad. I haven't killed anyone or I don't rob banks. Uh, try to be nice. Yeah, you should give me the medal. 
Well, I'm sure whoever I was talking to would, would say, look, uh, that's not a heroic contribution to society. That's the kind of the bare minimum human decency. But if we think that way about a medal given by our government, a medal which will turn to dust and ashes in the fullness of time, why don't we think the same way about heaven? If being a vaguely nice person isn't enough to win a perishable medal, why would it be enough to earn us the imperishable crown of heaven? Now that being said, it's an analogy and it's not perfect at limps because we don't get into heaven even by being a uniquely and exceptionally good human being. You know, the saints know that they're in heaven not because they were good, but because of the goodness of God. The saints know that without Christ, without his redemption, without living in union with him, we are like those Christian prisoners of the Barbary pirates. We don't have a, a hope of escape, escaping the enslavement of sin, but they also know that we don't need to be paralyzed with fear at this reality because God is supremely good. He's so good that he sends his only begotten son to be our savior, to redeem us by his cross and resurrection. God is our father who loves us tremendously and wants us in heaven more than we want to be there. We do not need to be afraid. He gives us the savior we need. He gives us Christ to be our savior and he is available to us today, now, in the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist. We need a savior and he's here. In a few moments he'll be on this altar and he's in the tabernacle every day in every Catholic church throughout the land. Advent is a time to prepare our hearts and souls for these twin arrivals of Christ. We need to recognize and internalize that we need a savior. And a great way to do that is by picking up an additional spiritual practice in Lent. I'm just going to make one brief recommendation. Read the book of Isaiah. It's from the Old Testament. But the reason I say Isaiah, Isaiah is called the fifth gospel. Uh, Isaiah is filled with prophecies about Christ um, that he, that Jesus in the fullness of time fulfills. Isaiah is filled with prophecies and you'll, you'll see this if you read the daily readings. If the, reading the book of Isaiah is too intimidating, then just read those parts of Isaiah that are found in, daily mass, in, in the daily mass. On our website, we have uh, a way, I think it's on our front page, for you to read the daily readings. Uh, makes it very easy, it changes every day, so you just have to go to our website and click on it and you're right there. Read those readings, reflect on it. God speaks to us through his word. If we do this, he will help us to come to see our need for a savior. He will help us to be ready for Christmas and for when he comes again so that we might be found worthy to enter his kingdom on the last day.